Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. I have the amazing Tara McCann with me from Tara McCann Wellness, and she is a menstrual health coach. She is going to share her wisdom today of so much. Well, there's going to be a lot of different things. However, our topic today is going to be how to use your menstrual cycle to be more productive and stop fighting yourself. So welcome, Tara. Thank you. I am so excited to be here and chat about all this. Yeah, me too. So tell us about you and what you do. What does a menstrual health coach do? So I am trained as a health coach. And so I do a lot of work with helping people to find the best ways to nurture themselves and using food and nutrition and lifestyle. And my focus is using the menstrual cycle. And so what I love to do is I love to help in the transformation from women enduring their menstrual cycle to really using it as a nurturing tool for their health, as a tool for their business to stop fighting with themselves to get things done, and just as a way to tap into their inner wisdom and their guidance about what they're doing. And so that's, that's really what I do. That's awesome. I love how you said going from enduring to using it as a tool. That's incredibly powerful if we could all do that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, it is. And I think for so many of us, we're taught from young children that, you know, if you are a woman, this is part of it. You just endure it. There's nothing Mm -hmm. you can do. Um, Even our healthcare system treats it that way, where it takes, you know, years and years for women to get diagnoses Mm -hmm. of pain or endometriosis or anything like that. So we're not believed. And, you know, all of the systems are set us up to not believe us and take away that power. And so yeah, I'm working really hard to bring that back and teaching each woman how powerful she is and that we have this creative magic within us that can be used for babies and it can be used for so many other things in our lives. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I love it. So how can we use our menstrual cycle to be more productive? So part of the way we've been taught to be in this world is that we get up, we go to work, we work really hard all day, we do all the things, and then we come home and we crash after we've taken care of all the other things that we do after our work day. And then you get up, wash, rinse, repeat, you right, you get up and you do it again and again and again and again. And that just doesn't work for women's bodies because women's bodies have this amazing cycle. And our cycle is a month long. So anywhere from 24, 25 to 32 days, this whole month long cycle where our hormones are shifting and changing each and every day. And based on the way that our hormones are changing, we're actually primed the way it works in our brain, the way those hormones are working in our brain, we're actually primed to do different tasks. So there's tasks that feel a sense of ease at different parts of our cycle. And when we move with our cycle, when we work in that cyclical way, we're not fighting with ourselves because we're using that sense of ease to do those tasks. And then we move on to the next task. And so things just flow within that cycle, but it's not the get up everyday grind. It's a longer cycle and it takes some getting used to understanding how that longer rhythm works, but it's so powerful 
because you stop fighting with yourself, you stop doubting with yourself, you hear your inner wisdom and you're like, oh, that's what's what to do next. And there's just this ease that happens and things just flow. I love the word flow because that is obviously what we want our, all of our lives to be like, just everything just flows and, you know, it goes smoothly and, you know, all of that stuff. So I love that. Now, what are those different phases of, and what are the, I guess, benefits, or I get, you said there are certain things that we do well during each phase, right? Mm -hmm. So what are those things that we do well in each, in each of those phases? Yes. So the way that I break down the cycle and the way I understand the cycle is I break it down into four phases, which I also talk about as four seasons, because sometimes that, you know, the metaphor of the seasons can be really helpful for us. When we think about day one of our cycle is the first day of our bleed. And so that is that first menstrual phase, that five to seven days when we're bleeding. Our hormones that are moving throughout the whole month are really actually fairly low at this time. And that's what has initiated the bleed. And that is part of the process of our body shifting to a new cycle. And so during this time in our cycle, it's a really great time to rest. This is a really wonderful time to rest our bodies and allow ourselves to rest and create space to rest. Because the way that the hormones at that low levels work in our brain, our right side of our brain and our left side of our brain work together really well. So we can hear both sides. It's a wonderful time to do kind of evaluation of what happened last month. So you can look at it from a very critical side and be like, oh, what didn't work? But also from an intuitive side and set new intentions for what you want the next month to be like. But that takes quiet and that takes stepping back. And so in this time, you know, what we really want to do is create that space where we can step back and really hear that intuition. So that's the first phase. And probably so then, we will also have to avoid our kids for that week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I, I recommend avoiding. No, avoiding Rent a hotel for room week. for five to seven days every month. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could? Yeah, we, exactly. And how can we create? A little bit more space, mm -hmm. you know, and our bodies really do respond to small shifts and changes and the intention behind them. So even if it's a half an hour, mm -hmm. or maybe you get to carve out two hours to mm -hmm. like go take a nap and sleep and cuddle up under a blanket with your hot water bottle, our bodies really do respond to that. And yeah. so just trying to figure out how to carve out that time. We'll talk about that when we get to the phase right before it, as we're moving through the cycle about how we set up our systems so that we can do that. Awesome. But so we're in the menstrual phase right now, which is like our inner winter. So that's like winter time, quiet things are happening underneath, right? Our inter intuition is working. We're doing that evaluation. It's like all the things that happen under the snow that you don't see, but are incredibly important for that new growth cycle. So as we move into spring, into the follicular phase, so that is when the egg is starting to mature and grow and get ready to ovulate. Um, thinking about this as spring and the, the new shoots coming up and things like that, this is really a time for creativity and playfulness and just kind of like playing with your ideas and coming up with new ideas. And so brainstorming is really great during this time. Um, not necessarily all the details, like it's really big picture kind of playing with the, the ideas that you've got. 
This is also a time when writing can be easier. So if you write a newsletter, if you write a blog, um, or do any kind of writing for your work, this can be a time when your written words just kind of flow more easily. So thinking about how can I use this time to batch some content if you're a content writer, or to you know take care of that big project that has all that writing that you need to do. This can be a really wonderful time to take advantage of that piece of it. And so just like in spring, our energy is starting to grow during this time. And what I've noticed in working with lots of women is that when they start to take that time of rest during menstruation, during their bleed, and then they move into this springtime when they feel their energy come back, they're like, nope, gotta go, Woo! you know, right out the gate. And they're just like moving fast because they feel guilty that they rested. They feel oh. behind. And so they're like, nope, gotta go. And then they burn out really fast. Yeah. Because springtime, if you think about it, you don't want to blast those brand new shoots with August sun, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. just fry things. And so really moving slowly through this follicular phase is a big lesson that women are learning when they're tracking with me is that, okay, I feel this energy coming. I feel this energy building and <laughs> I need to be mindful of that. And I need to cherish that energy and still stay, try as, as I'm, you know, as I can to stay connected to that inner wisdom and that really deep connection to yourself that you created. So it's, there's a balance and, a, you know, it's that flow, it's that movement and not all or nothing. Yeah. I yeah. love that. So that's the inner spring and the follicular phase. And then moving next to ovulation, which is the time when the egg is released. And so the egg is released and then it lives and is viable for about 12 to 24 hours. But the phase of ovulation, that time around ovulation is when our estrogen is highest and our, our testosterone is peaking. And so we have a lot of energy during this time. Um, and so this is really a time when we can put ourselves out in the world with more ease. Uh, so doing a podcast or a project at work or a presentation at work, or if you're, you know, going to ask for a raise or something like that, or if you need to have a conversation with your partner, this is a great time to have those conversations because the way that our hormones are balanced, we are very open to other people's ideas, but we're also very receptive and, and our verbal skills are really good and received well during this time. Mm -hmm. So taking advantage of that, you know, doing your live videos during around the time of ovulation or scheduling things specifically where you're going to be up on a stage or out in the world during this time can be really, there's just that sense of ease with them okay. during this time. I love yeah. that. And I wonder you're making me crack up inside when I'm, when I'm thinking these things, you're talking about having a conversation with your spouse and are there do men have a cycle? I don't think they do, right? Like there's no hormonal cycle to men, right? There is, it's just different. So okay. men's testosterone, mm -hmm. it um, moves in a very similar pattern to our cortisol waking response. Mm, okay. So our cortisol wakes us up in the morning, goes high in the morning, and then gradually throughout the day goes down so that we can go to sleep at night. And so that's yeah. a typical cortisol response, which not all of us have mm -hmm. <laughs> because sometimes we peak at night and then get a second wind, which is 
disruptive in lots of different ways. But so men's testosterone does a similar type thing. It come, it rises in the morning and then decreases throughout the day. Okay. So when we think about that kind of culture that we've all grown up in that get up, go to work, do your work, go home, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. It's more based on that cyclical rhythm, that 24 hour cycle of cortisol and, and of testosterone and not okay. that longer, that longer space that we're in. Okay. That's interesting. I just yeah. was curious about that when you were talking about having a conversation with your spouse, I'm like, Hmm, when would be a good, you know? <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so it's only once a once a month for, for women. And then like any time is fine for men. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, once a month, but there's like four or five days there yeah. that, that mm-hmm. you're open and receptive to, to conversation. And, you know, with men, you know, maybe not at the peak of their testosterone, maybe later mm-hmm. in the day, you know, afternoon when you can get their focus still, they're not so tired, you know, their cortisol, and their, and their testosterone are still in a space where their brain is firing. They're not so exhausted from their day, um, but maybe not at the peak of testosterone when they're, you know, or cortisol, when they're like driven to get tasks done. Yeah. That's so. awesome. Okay. That was just a totally random aside. So no, it's, it's a great question. Cause I do get that question quite a bit like, okay, so if I'm going to have a, a talk with my partner yeah. <laughs> <I> do that. <laughs> or with your kids or with anyone, you know, yeah. so it's, it's just good to, it's good to have that information. Awesome. So as we move out of ovulation, um, after the egg has been released, the hormone that comes in after ovulation is progesterone. And that's our main hormone for the second. It's about two weeks that that very last phase called the luteal phase. Um, it's 12 to 14 days. And it depends on each person. Each person has their own time frame, but generally 12 to 14 days. So that first five or six of those days is usually really high energy. You may still feel a lot of that kind of inner summer, being out in the world, like all of that energy. And with uh, progesterone, you also get a lot of like get things done, check things off the list movement during that time. So it's a great time to like think about detail work that you have to do. If you have to do like accounting work where it's very detail focused, all of those big plans you made in the follicular phase, like bringing them into the luteal phase and be like, okay, let's fill out all the details of the way I want to present this to the world. So thinking of it as, as a season, this is like early fall. So thinking about you still have the bright sunshine of summertime, but you're starting to move towards winter. And so starting to think about how do we get ready for our next bleed? How do we start moving towards that time where we have, where we're, we're wanting to take a step back from the outside world because our energy is starting to be more internally focused. So around ovulation, like our energy and our thoughts are more outside in the world. And then at menstruation, we're internally focused. So we're moving towards that internal focus. So thinking about using that energy of getting stuff done to maybe do some meal planning or meal prep so that you have things in the freezer so that you don't necessarily have to cook while you're bleeding or, you know, lining up childcare so that you can have that two hour time to lay down with your blanket and hot water bottle and take a step back from those types of things or having a conversation with your partner about, can you take the kids to the zoo or someplace so that I can have this time? And so this getting ready for winter as that luteal phase progresses is really about preparation and creating the support 
structure that you need to be able to do that for yourself. You know, when we also think about that late luteal phase, second week, that second six or seven days, we think of PMS. And so that's kind of what that's known for, right? And so how do we flow through that piece of it as well? Part of that is understanding what your hormones are doing and understanding how to support your hormones as your progesterone decreases, as your estrogen starts to decrease um, and noticing what you need and noticing how to get more rest or how to take some more time for yourself. And one of the shifts that I try to bring to the groups that I work with is a lot of the information that comes up for us in that late luteal phase, the irritation at the socks on the floor, or that one person who always says that one thing all the time, or that one person who did something and why won't they stop doing that? You know, all of those things that get brought up to the surface during that time, it's really information for us to notice what's underneath that, because maybe there's a boundary that got crossed. Maybe there's another conversation that needs to be had. And we can take all of that information that we're getting in that late luteal phase, take it into our quiet inner winter, our time of connection with our inner wisdom and think about, okay, so this person always does the same thing. What is the conversation I need to have with them? And what is the boundary I need to set with them? And in two weeks when I'm ovulating, how do I have that conversation? But really (laughs) tapping into your wisdom about what it is that is so frustrating or irritating. I mean, because those emotions come really close to the surface, Mm -hmm. right? Especially during that time. So most of the time we're like, we can kind of like keep this veil in front of us. Like, okay, yeah, okay. I feel that, but it's okay. But during that time, the way that our hormones are set up, those, it's just closer to the surface. And sometimes it bursts through. And part of that is us standing in our own power. And sometimes maybe that bursts through in not the most receptive way, (laughs) you know, like it may not be heard in that moment, but if you can use that information in your cycle and then find another time to have that conversation, then that can be a really productive way to move through. Okay. That's interesting. And it kind of makes sense because it's like, you're kind of short-tempered. At least I know I get like short-tempered and impatient and all of the things that, you know, lead to grumpiness and yelling at kids and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. So that makes complete sense that it would happen during that phase. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's also our body's like call to rest more. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're getting ready to bleed and how do you start to take that time? How do you step away? Because your focus is more internal. You're less focused on the outside world. And so those things mm-hmm. in the outside world maybe just aren't tolerated as easily as they were prior to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thinking about how you can set up those systems to rest during that time too, and give yourself grace. That's one of the things that so many women have said about learning about this part of their, these parts of their cycles and the way the cycle moves is just giving themselves grace so that if one day they sit down and they've written like half a blog and it went so smoothly. And then two days later, they come back to it and they're like, why can't I even think? Yeah. I have no idea what I'm writing. And it, you know, it may be a change in phase. It may be a change in the hormones and it just understanding that that ease is going to come back again Mm -hmm. can be, so helpful in just being like, oh, okay, this is where I am. This is what's going on. Let's see what else I could maybe focus on that 
that would be really that would feel like a sense of ease right now. So not fighting with yourself to get something done at a specific time. I mean, it takes some planning and it takes some understanding and understanding what's true for you. Because, you know, even as I explain all of these things, each and every person who menstruates is going to experience them completely differently. And so understanding how you move through all of these, these phases is what's really important. Not, you know, cause maybe you do your detail work better closer to ovulation or at the time of ovulation, or maybe you, when you're standing in your power in your luteal phase, that's when you want to speak. Like mm-hmm. you feel confident to speak in those times. So for each and every person, it may be different. And so just thinking about and understanding what's true for you is the, the part that I want to, to teach people. Okay. So how do we get started doing that? Obviously we need to track our cycle. Is there any app or anything that you, how do we track it? Like what is the best way to track it? I've actually created a menstrual cycle tracker, which is paper and pencil. Cause I'm old school and I love paper and pencil. Awesome. But, but what I love about the, the paper is that you can take the tracker and take two or three months and put them next to each other. And you can line up the days on the tracker. And so it really helps you to pull out the trends. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so I had, I had one woman who she had an increase in pain uh, in her hip that happened during her cycle. And as we were working together one-on-one and she was tracking, she's like, oh, it's always day eight through 10 of my cycle, like consistently eight through 10 of her cycle. So she knew that she needed to plan for, more rest, different movement, more baths, because that was soothing for her hip. So helping you understand or understanding that, you know, for me, it's like two days before my bleed, I get a migraine. So, okay, what do I need to do to, you know, support my hormones and see if I can decrease that? But also how do I know that two days before my bleed, I'm going to maybe not be at my best to write this week's blog? Or maybe I'm going to need a little bit more support from my husband to make dinner that night or take the kids out for dinner that night or something like that. And so the tracker that I've created, you can, you can track making notes for yourself, or you can track those little icons that, you know, how did you feel? What was your pain like? How did you sleep? How are you nourishing yourself? Like, do you have food cravings and things like that? How did your movement feel? Because different times in our cycle, our movement practices feel different. And so you can choose how, how to track those things. And I like it, paper and pencil, so that you can like compare easier. But there are good apps. The thing that I find with them is I can't go back and pick out the pieces mm-hmm. yeah, the and data. notice the trends as easily. It's harder to see the data. Yeah. So that's why I like the paper one. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's available on my website that people can download that tracker if that's something they want or, or just noticing. I think any way you do it, like if you have a calendar, just make a couple notes on your calendar, whatever calendar you use, if it's paper and pencil or if it's in you know, whatever platform you're using on your computer. I think the important thing is to just have that time that you check in with yourself every day and just start to notice how you're feeling each day and not necessarily tracking all the things like yeah. for one person, it might be, how is my sleep impacted by these hormonal shifts or how is my writing impacted by these hormonal shifts? And so you, you don't have to track everything all at once, pick the one or two things that are really important to you to start with 
And then as you learn those things after three or four or six cycles and learn what that trend is in those important pieces, then you can add another layer in and it becomes intuitive. It becomes something that you just live and not something that you're like, oh, it has to be this on this day. You know, it's, it's just that sense and that feeling of understanding what's going on in your body. Yeah. I love that. You must be very in tune after teaching, <laughs> teaching everyone else to do this, you know, like, yeah, that that's awesome that you're probably very, you know, into your own cycle and understand it. And I think that's amazing. Oh, thank you. I, I do. And someone asked me this, they're like, well, how do you track? I was like, well, I don't track as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. I like when I started tracking, like my first introduction was for fertility. And so I was tracking my ovulation. I was tracking my daily temperature changes. I was, you know, all the things really detailed for a long time. And then I used it after my kids were little and, and those types of things. So I've used it in different ways. And mo- now I know where I am. I know what day I'm on generally, Yeah. <laughs> um, or I have it written down, but I'm not as precise about it. But had I not been as precise, then it would not have become this intuitive practice. And so it can become a practice for you and you get to make it true for you uh, as you move through it. But I think having some structure to start with, having some accountability, having some other people around to help you out can be a really great way because I know that a lot of women have come to me and said, I love this idea. It's so amazing. And then they'll come back a month later and we're like, well, I tracked for a couple of days, but you know, then it kind of fell off because it's something new and it's a new habit and it's a new way of thinking about things. So Mm -hmm. finding some support can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Awesome. So this all sounds very doable. First of all, it doesn't sound like it's very hard. Just track, you know, track and pay attention to how you're feeling. That's basically what you can do in order to get, guess, stop fighting yourself, right? Like stop, Mm -hmm stop getting in your own way and, and be more productive and all of those things. So I truly appreciate you sharing all of this information with us. Where is the best place for everyone to find you online? There's probably two spots. So I am pretty active on Instagram. Okay. Uh, so uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Tara McCann wellness. And so there's lots of things going on there. And then the other space would be my website. There's so much information on my website and I have a blog and that's Tara And that's where you can download the free tracker too, so that you can get yourself started on that. And I have, I have groups and individual coaching and things like that. So I have groups where we track together. If that's something of interest to anyone, um, there's lots of opportunities. Yeah, definitely. And I know I'm in this phase where I don't have any other menstruating women in my house, but I'm about to probably (laughs) soon. So I know that you have a very interesting course for like pre-teens and teens. Is that right? I do. Yeah. So my, my signature program is called tracking with friends. And so that's the one that I created and developed for women to come together in community and to track their cycle. And that's, you know, 30 days where we're together in that community. I, tried to create something like that for teens too, but I found out that teens schedules are kind of all over the place. And so 
what I what I've created now is a program that is self-paced that it, there's six modules and it's really meant for caregivers and teens to take together whether they watch the videos together or not mm -hmm. it gives a, a jumping off board for all of this information about the seasons and about the hormones and about tracking and how do you track and so because so many women I have talked to have been like why didn't I learn this earlier why didn't I learn this as a teenager? Why didn't I yeah. learn this before I even started bleeding? And so really this, this course is meant for that. And it's, I really want, you know, mothers and daughters or caregivers and teens in whatever iteration that is to be able to take this together so they have a common language. They have a common understanding where they can say, you know, I'm day 26, which would be late luteal phase, right? Yeah. Like I'm day 26 which means I need some space. And that's yeah. all they have to say is I'm day 26, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have to go into this long explanation. So that kind of shorthand give and take and the grace that appears and the understanding that can happen when we talk about it and then empowering young people to be powerful in their bodies, to have yeah. that understanding that they don't have to fight with themselves all mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that that's online that you, um, it's an online program that there's six modules and you can work through them. And then you also get a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me so that mm -hmm. you can take that information and we can really implement it into, into your own lives. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So I am, I've enjoyed this so much and I really enjoy your seasons, like you explaining it as seasons means that I'm actually going to remember it now before, like just knowing the names of the phases. I'm like, I don't know, something with an L. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Right. But right. now knowing, knowing those seasons and things, it's really, really helpful. There is. And, and if you really like the seasons that I've studied with the women who wrote wild power and mm -hmm. the seasons, the inner seasons comes from their work. And so the book wild power is an amazing, empowering book about the energetics of the cycle. So that energy shifting, not so much the hormonal piece of it, like the hormonal piece of it is, is another part, but the way that I have combined them together, the, the inner season piece of it comes from the work with wild power, um, and the women. Uh, who created that, who wrote that book and created Red School. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So, well, thank you so much for being here with us and sharing all of your knowledge. And we definitely appreciate you. Thank you. I've enjoyed being here. Thank you for listening to the Determined Mom Show. We appreciate you. And we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This will help us reach as many other moms as we can. Don't forget to download your 10 things you should be doing to get more clients from Google search guide at rebrand.ly forward slash Google 10.